Welcome, everyone, to our live podcast on fires with relation fires of relationships. I'm Solyndra Buller, your host of Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. Joining me today is Dr. Jonathan Flores from Ecuador, host of Ancestral Medicine in Modern Times, and Matilda Tavanian from France podcast host of Coffee with Matilda. Welcome. Welcome. Relationships <laughs> and welcome. Uh, relations, relationships can be broken and we too can be broken by relationships. So we felt that it was very important to have this conversation today. And during this time of chaos, it is so important to bring the conversation back to why we have relationships in the first place and the purpose that they serve in life. So we'll start with Matilda. What do you feel? About relationships. Um, and, and what purpose do they serve? Why do we have relationships? I think uh, life is all about relationships. Uh, first starts from you, the relationship that you have with yourself. I think that's the main relationship that everyone, everyone should uh, work on. And that's the main relationship we have in our life. Uh, once I have a better relationship with myself, I can have better relationship with other people. So as my podcast is about, it's about everything starts with me and ends with me. And if I have a better uh, communication with myself, if I start loving myself, if I start becoming my own best friend, yes, my parents will benefit from it. If I have kids, they will get a benefit from that. I can connect with other humans better. I can uh, become a better partner, a better, I mean, you can become a better wife, better husband for your significant other. So I think everything starts with you and ends with you. And that's your relationship with yourself. Beautiful. Very well said. I, I, I totally resonate with that. And Dr. Flores, how about you? What do you feel uh, in, in these times right now? Why do we have relationships? And what purpose do they serve? We, 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 are, anim we are an animal. Human beings are an animal. And uh, as, an, as an animal, we are we are one organism as a race. You know? the different animals are each species of each animal is one organism, and they are made for, from nature to work uh, with each other, to help each other, uh, to to evolve in life. In order to evolve, you need to survive. So the first step of, of, of wanting to come together in a community is, is the survival. And there is when all the tradition uh, and the foundation or all the path starts. So, so we need relationship because with how, with, how with how relationships we cannot grow, we cannot develop, right. yeah. We need, we need to form, uh, imagine, you know, the human animal. And in with... shamanism, Dr. Uh, Dr. Jonathan, how about in a shaman's perspective? How, what purpose do the relationships serve in your evolution, in your emotional, psychological um, needs that need to be met? Is there a different perspective from the uh, shaman's perspective on, on the human need for relationships? But it, it is beyond a need. It is, it is a, you cannot be separated. So the idea of, the, of not being in a relationship is just an, a concept of, of our, our mind that have evolved, has entered in an evolution that things that is separated from, from you, from me. In, for example, imagine uh, in Ecuador, we have uh, we still have uh, Indian communities that are recognized from thousands of years. 
So yes. they are the owners of the land. For example, they don't have to buy land. They have mm. a, a great piece of land. And when they when you're born and you come to the community, all the community supports you and holds you to you continue to protect uh, the land or what you what you the treasure, the present you have received. So it's right. about so 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 you are always in a relationship, even if you don't want to say, in the shamanic uh, in the shamanic way, so you are part of nature, and as a part of nature, you you have a part of the cycle of life where you are responsible to uh, contribute, or to help uh, maintain. For example, uh, from a shamanistic way, uh, humans we are we are guardians of nature. So we are plants. We, we are like plants that walk and help uh, help to to take care of nature. Right, right. So it's the wholeness and the oneness aspect that we serve in uh, on on Gaia on planet Earth. Yeah. It's not that we're separate in any which way or form, not from each other. We're not separate from the animal kingdom. We're not separate from the plant kingdom. I love that. That's a beautiful, a beautiful explanation. Now, um, I know that, you know, relationships in the past, um, for myself, for an example, um, you know, it was ingrained into us, you know, you know, this is your aunt, and this is your uncle, and these are your, you know, relationships, and there was an emphasis put on, you know, um, someone who was older, who had lived longer, who had, um, who had experiences of life that maybe we didn't have just yet. In other words, in the past, there was this understanding that someone who had lived longer had experienced a knowledge more than someone younger. And I'm going to start with uh, Matilda. How do you feel about that? Is that still happening today? Or is that something that we've kind of put to the wayside? As we became more materialistic? Um, <laughs> well, in my experience, I live with my grandma. Uh, when I was in LA for 10 years, I lived with my grandma. She was my um, roommate. And I, so I lived with her end of my teens to kind of towards the end of my 20s. Then I moved to New York. But I've learned so much from her. I've learned so much about life with her. Then I've learned it from my books, from my education, from uh, anywhere else. I, she gave me life lessons and she, she only studied, I think she only went to school till third grade. She doesn't even know what Rumi is, she doesn't even know what Dupak Chopra is, but she knows life. And I'm, I feel I'm wiser than my, the people my age because of her wisdom and yes yes and i cannot understand why we cannot learn from them use i mean use their knowledge it's the wealth of our generation so i for me it's like that's a must i'm i'm i really enjoyed my life living with her and there is no day that passes by that i don't remember her think of her and learn uh, remember the lessons that she gave me some of them i'm, I'm still uh, learning and i'm still realizing oh my god she was saying this that that meant this you know so for me if when i have a child it will be a must for my child to be in touch and live with the grandparents because I think that child will learn more from them than from me or from the books and from a higher education that he or she will get. Beautiful, beautiful. Love that. So resonates again. And uh, Dr. Jonathan, how, how do you feel about this? Do you feel that they, yeah. they, nowadays people maybe don't have the same regard as they did in the past for someone who was older? The, the, what Matilda is saying, I'm agree, is the continuation about what I was explaining to you about the community. Before we, we before we 
we were recognized that we need each other to build the village, to go hunting, people to, go, to take care of the elders, or people to take things about the kids in the, in the community. And there were people that, there were mans that were not hunters, but they were like blacksmith, they do tools or, or things, no? So everybody has like a, an ability, a gift uh, uh, to do something. And, in, and to participate and to support the community. So uh, we were living so in a community that were together for several years. In a moment, they will have different ages. No? So the elders was the, the ones that have the memory of what happened from the beginning and how and what mistakes they did and and where and what they were not mistakes were a certainties that they, they did it right and this was the way the truth the truth they found in the past so what is happening now is that people uh, it divided like in in like religions political uh, thinking you know so everything is divided you know uh, one master told me from jungle say before here we have no borders no passports no borders no, that it, the land no. the, the land doesn't belong to me doesn't belong to you you cannot buy it you cannot say this you is my heart. Yes. The yes. only the only thing you can say is I take care from this garden. So I have been working uh, with these fruits, with this corn, with this coffee, and this uh, you have to have permission to me to take this because I have been working for the whole year for this. Yes. So as a guardian, you get an authority, but not as an owner. You know, as a merit for what you have done, for the energy you have spent doing something for the benefit of, of the community. So then you become a her. And so the elders are the ones that keep all this uh, sacred knowledge of respect, of, of, of connection, of medicine, of understanding psychology, because they have been uh, passing for all the cycles of life and they're just waiting for death. Even the last teaching that elders does to us, they teach us to die. Wow. How to transition into the, the next world, which yes. is amazing. So there definitely is that oneness element throughout uh, life in your part of the world, which is beautiful to see. Now, the quality of your relationships decides the quality of your life. And what I want to do is ask both of you, where does personal responsibility fit into this? We'll start with Matilda. So, yes, because you had, you know, um, shared with us the importance of loving oneself. Where does personal responsibility in our relationships come in? I think once you realize that you're always responsible about what what's happening with your situation or if you have any um, any bad circumstances with someone it's all you have the control over it maybe your communication was not proper to that person that is that you were having conversation with maybe um, you didn't elaborate it yourself well. Maybe you didn't explain your, the situation well to the other person. Once you realize you have all the power within you to fix that, I think then you can go in and say, okay, this was the outcome. I don't like the outcome. What have I done that I could do differently? And I think once we have that kind of a mindset, we we won't blame other people for things that happened to us or things that we didn't like that happened to us, then um, we can have all the power within us to fix things. Maybe I need to be a better communicator. Maybe I need to have more patience. Maybe I need to learn how to become a better, um, I don't know, experience better explaining situation to other people. Um, I think that whatever happens with other people, I take it personally. I can, I see myself, what have I done that I can do differently this time so I can have a better outcome with this human being? It's not a, it doesn't matter who the other person is in front of me. 
I have the power within myself to Which fix whatever me. act I want. Right. And so there is there is where the personal responsibility lies, is that it starts with you. And, and so if there if there is something going on, which you're looking out there with your finger pointed, realistically, you need to turn that finger around and point it at yourself. And Dr. Jonathan, I, I just want to get you to elaborate on the accept the acceptance of personal responsibility, because a lot of people that cannot accept uh, the possibility that maybe their unhappiness, their unworthiness, whatever it is that they're feeling is really them. Is there a way to get over that, get beyond that? Can you, can you share uh, with us any, any of uh, your understanding of acceptance and personal responsibility? This, this has been my my, one, my biggest challenge in, in my life as a healer. Uh, I asked this question to myself many times. So like how, how I can support and help people to go to the next level. So to, to, I, I, I consider myself a person that I'm, I, I build bridges for people. I build them so people can cross them or, or so what I have found, this is in my experience, but I have found and that there is people that doesn't that don't, don't want to grow. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. And we don't need and we don't need to force them and we don't need to do nothing. We don't need to motivate them. We don't need to teach them nothing. We can be available. So then I believe that that start the most important aspect in a relationship that is respect. You, we must have respect for everyone and for everyone, what everyone wants to do in their life. So if someone want, doesn't want to grow, or doesn't want to develop, and they want to stay as they are, and they, and they want to complain all the time, and they want to live the hell they are living, we must be very respectful with them and honor them. And the only thing we can do is pray uh, to great spirit or to God or to any deity you, you, you can pray to give you the patience and the, and the understanding to really and be get, guided. and be guided to really, to really see and feel what is the free will. Because once you develop and once you grow, I love, for example, in myself, I love to break myself and break through my layers and all the time become a more evolutional person. I love this. But yes. some people don't love this. And, and, yes. and I, don't, I cannot consider myself that I am better than you. I was doing this in the, my beginnings. In my beginnings, I was saying to people, you are, in, uh, you are in, in the worst position you can be. You can be in a better position than like me. Look at me, how, how successful I am, how happy I am. Look, the family have the ideal. Look, the relationship I'm having with my wife and with my home, everything. But why people should live good if they don't want? I believe life must have a contrast. Life must have shadow and light and different uh, colors and and matrix in order we can uh, experience what this beautiful uh, realm that we're having here in this moment. So it's, it's not about, it's like we say, why, how we're going to convince everyone to become Christian, you know, or Buddhist, you know, or, or, or to take or go to the ayahuasca path. No, no. For example, in my beginnings, I was convincing people that I have found the, the real path in life. Yes. And then the <laughs> moment I was, I, I, I was saying like, what? Who says that my path is my real path? It's the real path for me. So I, I, and you know, when I stop sharing with people, like teaching them, forcing them to learn the truth of my path, then my life, my relationship get better. So, and now I just, when suddenly when people ask me or, or they give me the possibility of a suggestion, I participate. If not, what do you see? Okay. Every, no. Perfect. Everything is beautiful. I know you're doing beautiful. Yeah, no, no criticizing. No, 
no uh, like no you cannot push uh, your uh, so-called wonderful vision of what life is supposed to be on someone else so yes there's a lot to be said about free will and choice and i thank you for that I, we do have a beautiful question here but let me let me tell you something very important now but because sure. this question okay. this this question this question goes with the coronavirus in this moment for example nature now it is for because we are part of nature so our ruler is our mother nature you can say gaia pachamama okay the divine mother so this divine mother, this this Pachamama, this Mother Earth, is our mother. We we come from her. We can have a spirit, but our body comes from her. Everything, and we are still alive from her. So she's the one that teaches. She's teaching us a lesson. So we 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 have a free will. So we, as a brothers and sisters, we cannot force each other. But our mother, our mother can say, you, hey, you, pay attention. Right. And there, there, therein lies the beautiful relationships that we do form, uh, whether it's with, uh, with the natural um, world or with individuals. Now, I do have a beautiful question, which I'd like you to answer. And that question comes from Dini. Um, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She says, what about those children that were abused? What about the children that were abused? Where where is their responsibility as a child? You know, um, what what can you share with us in regards to someone who was abused as a child, and uh, and 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 just take it from there. We'll start with Matilda. Or, well, this is a tough or... question, but I think when whenever this kind of a scenario happens obviously it's very unfortunate but i think it's your responsibility as a human being once you're a little bit older to look at the the lessons that you've learned from it and um, you need to find a beauty in that scenario uh, maybe that abuse made you realize made, made you learn certain skills made you um become more social maybe, or you start writing because you found peace in writing. Maybe you start singing, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe you start developing a very strong emotional intelligence because you were in these circumstances. I think there is, there is a beauty in every scenario. You have to find your strength in that bad trauma. Um, I think it's the mindset, it's not about the circumstances, it's more about your mindset about that circumstance that uh, can affect you. And if you have the right mindset, I think um, that's the right way to go. A lot of people, lot of people find courage in the face of adversity. And maybe if they didn't have that adversity, they wouldn't even have those kind of courage or those kind of characteristic that later on benefits them. And I think there's a lot to be said also here um, in regards to uh, children that are abused. You know, the reason that you have parents or guardians, they are really the ones that are coming here that are supposed to be your protectors, caregivers, the ones that are there as your, as your counsel, as your um, guardians, basically. And so where does the responsibility come in? I think that you do have to look at the caregivers, the guardians that are responsible. Um, and there are a lot of children that are abused, but I think the responsibility is not theirs alone. I think it's the responsibility of the community. I think that as a community, as a whole, we have to come together to support these uh, atrocities that are happening around us, whether we're aware of them or not. Um, you know, they, they, they do exist. I don't think that the responsibility is for the child or for, uh, you know, call it a single parent. I think that the responsibility is there for all of us 
to be aware of it and do as much as we can. Um, and 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 thank you, Adini, for putting this question forward. And and uh, I know that you've just sent in another question. It says, "What can we do to help them?" I think the biggest thing that we can do is shed light on the fact that it exists. Whether you know it, believe it, or understand it, child abuse exists. And we as a community are doing not as much as we should be doing. And Dr. Jonathan, if you wanna tune in any, at any point here and join in the discussion, because you know there is a responsibility, but it's not the child's responsibility, definitely, because that's the reason they're a child still. They're still growing. Yes, there is opportunities and growth that eventually comes, but what else can we do to help them? This is very delicate, no? I, I, I would choose my word wisely because now we're on air and many people may listen. The, the child, in, my, in what I have seen in the work and, 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 and working with other, with other colleagues, we have a, coming to a point that child abuse comes from a disorder in the family, no? in the elder. So when you, someone is abused in the tree, in the family tree, this has happened several times. It's not just in the moment it's happening. So, so first we have to recognize this. First we have to do a study where this, there, is, there is therapeutic techniques to go and see and investigate where this starts, okay? So once you find this, then we have to do a work to heal this in this family tree, okay? Then we go back and then what the first, and then when we, we can heal this and forgive this, then what we do, I am as abused kid, because I'm going to grow. So if I don't, so what I can do, I can stop the abuse myself. I can, I can not let this happen again. But what must, what happened, and it's going to be crazy what I'm going to say, that I have known People has been abused and they do the work for healing, the, the abuse and the, the problem with the elders or with the uncle and this, but they still abusing from people in different ways. Maybe they don't abuse sexually, but they abuse psychological, they mm. abuse them by the power with the money, they are they abuse from people, from the employees. So so it's about cutting the change of abuse. So abuse comes from the lack of respect the lack of recognition of the other. And, and it starts because we forget that we are spiritual beings. So when people is having an, an, a sexual abuse with a person, with a person, it's just looking the body. It's just looking the satisfaction of the material body, but it's not looking the spirit. If we can see the spirit, we can learn and train to recognize the spirit in the other, in the shell that is the body. So then, then we don't touch because we see it's a spirit. So it's very sacred. So we, we, we cannot offend. We, we, we cannot uh, harm because it's the spirit. It's a spirit. That's right. why you, you, that's why if we learn this, also we will heal. We will not abuse from nature. So from content, con, uh, throwing to, uh, tons of trash to the sea contaminating rivers, you know, the air, or this is yeah. sexual abuse. Well, again, you know, uh, you know, to touch on abuse, uh, abuse comes in many forms, sexual abuse, you can see that you're obviously going to have a child who's been sexually abused, um, lash out in certain ways, which obviously will tell you that something has happened. Whereas when you look at someone who's mentally abused, you know, um, you can you can you can have the um, uh, you can see the the harm that's caused by a black eye or a bruise on the body. But what about the bruising that's happening on the inside? The psychological um, the psychological abuse is even far greater, and people don't understand that. Um, and the other thing that I think that we do need to touch upon is that there's a lot of individuals that don't comprehend the wholeness of, uh, of themselves or of 
of humanity. And what will happen is that they're broken in some way. They don't know how to heal that part of themselves. And what will happen is that it will have a ripple effect. So at what point do you draw the line and you say, you know what? You have to look at yourself in the mirror every day. You're going to wake up and you're going to see yourself. Can you live with what you're doing for the rest of your life? So that being said, I, I do believe I'm glad Dr. Uh, uh, Jonathan had his hand up and then we'll go to Matilda. So Dr. Jonathan, you had something to touch on? I, 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 I to give you an example about the people that is abused, how they abuse. I, I had a patient like five years ago and she was working in a United States in an office where she, she protects women that has been abused from their husband or from any man or any kind of abuse. And what she told me was like, wow, Salisa, you, you have any idea? I stopped working in that, she, she told me, because after years of helping this woman, these people, this, we, we get separate from this abuser that was causing this, this, this damage to them. And then later, after a few months, they will coming back again to see this person, looking for the abuse. Oh my, so they were conditioned. It's like the woman who leaves her husband only to find another man that abuses her. So it's yes. psychologically something that they've accepted and cannot live without. They because they that think that's their worth. So, Continue. Yeah. So, Matilda, you were saying you also had your hand up. You did. You want to just chime in on yeah. this, and then we're gonna we're gonna weave in another aspect of uh, fires of relationships because uh, <laughs> we'll we'll do another show completely on how we can come together uh, to help the wounded. Yes. Go ahead. I think self love is the is the main element here if we teach children from young age to develop self-love and um i think that's what they're it's gonna save us save them they don't need anyone else to save them they need themselves to save themselves i mean um once you learn that certain elements the way people are treating you it's wrong these are wrong friends to have. Even family members, the way they're treating you, it's not right, it's not proper to you. Then uh, you will have a different mindset. You will seek help um, outside. But once you don't have that self-love, then there's a problem there. You won't even go and seek out help outside because you will think you deserve that abuse. That's why even some women, when they're older, they're older than 18, they are, they're abused by their husbands, for example. They go back to that husband again because they think that's their comfort zone. Okay, so um, from, 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 from the conversation that we're having, and thank you again, Dini, for chiming in here in regards to children. And I know that you have an incredible, beautiful heart where, you know, you have zeroed in on a huge issue within our communities, within our countries, without, within our consciousness, within our consciousness that needs to shift especially in regards to children, because when you have priests doing such horrible things to children, I mean, you know, it leaves a huge question mark about what is this life about. But we will definitely um, have a conversation in regards to this another day. And, um, and I thank you so much for, for uh, listening in on this. But the underlying issue of the fires of relationships, if we go back to the initial question, why do we need relationships? And the one thing that I would like to share is that we want to be seen, we want to be validated, we want to be treasured, we want to be needed. Those are all qualities within us that need to be fulfilled. Now, is there a possibility that maybe we can love more generously? 
Is there that possibility? That's a huge question. So instead of going out there, now what we're going to do is we're going to switch the the topic in more of a positive light. Some relationships are formed on physical, some relationships are formed on psychological needs, some are formed on emotional needs, social needs, financial needs. Um, Dr. Jonathan, in your eyes, when a relationship is formed, I mean, obviously, relationships are formed first and foremost, as a child, you come into this world with a relationship with your mother. That is a very sacred relationship. In the shamanic understanding that you do have, can you share with us how sacred a relationship that is? Because your life that you've been blessed with comes through your mother. Well, that is a very huge question. Uh, I will try to answer as short as possible. The, the mother connection is the most important connection. It's not that the father connection is not important, but the mother connection is the one that uh, in the shamanic world, it says like this. You are connected with the universe through the umbilical cordon inside of the womb of your mother when you're there. When you come out, you connect with the world, with the universe through the breast of your mom. And then when you grow up, you connect with the tobacco. You learn to pray with tobacco connect with the universe. That's what the, the master says in the shamanic way. So the connection with the mother is what makes you successful in this life or not. For, for, for Why? Because mother teach you how to have a, a peaceful or beautiful or an horrific inner world. So that's why so like in a in a big space, it's in a, big, in a big picture, it is like mother teach you how things work inside of home. And father teach you how you can relate outside of home. Okay, so mother teach you the support is energy, nutrition, the trust in yourself, no? and father teach you how you penetrate life. But you go penetrate life with the trust that your mother gives you. That makes you makes you feel that you that trust that that this is a this is a beautiful world that you are safe that uh, if you get harmed she teach she she take care of your wounds and teach you that your wounds are important and it's very important to take care of, the, of your wounds and and to heal it to be aware and to see and pay attention if they are healing or not healing. So later, when you learn this, so you learn to heal yourself. So you learn to what what that this was like in a. I mean, I'm I am developing the the subject that Matilda says it's like you. We must teach our kids to be. But who teach this? It is the first seven years. It is the mother. The father, the father happened later, eight, eight years, nine years after, ten years, maybe when the sexual energy awakes in first menstruation or the 12, 13 years in the man. And, and then it's when man, father is important. But the first years is just the mother. So, so that's why it's very important. And I don't, so I want, I want to say so everything what is happening here, like the behaviors that we have comes from our mother in most of the cases, because she is the one that the, or, or the, or the woman that raised us. In my case, I have two influences. I have my grandma and my mother. But they teach you everything what you need to know about your inner world. Yeah. That's okay, what I that's can a, say, no? Yes, yes. No, I totally, totally love that because you know what? I think that there is the, one of the most sacred contracts that you have is with your mother, uh, the person that brought you into this world. And I'm going to jump over to Matilda. And Matilda, I'm just going to get you to elaborate on that question. But at the same time, I'm going to give you the next question as well. And the next question uh, is that what you focus in on, you get more of. 
So when you're constantly looking at the differences between you and someone else or the problems that you have between you and someone else, that is what your world becomes. And so if you can go ahead and you can share with us, A, your connection or your relationship with your mother figure, and B, uh, zeroing in on what you focus in on, your differences, your problems, your anxieties, your worries, and how that plays into it. I love these questions. First one, I love it because I have an amazing relationship with my mother and my grandmother. Uh, I think both have a very big element in my life. Um, I, you know, Salinger and Dr. John, uh, Jonathan, what I love about mothers is a woman, for example, in my mother, she's a very calm woman, very collected woman. But when it comes to me, if something comes about, it's about me, she becomes this lioness. I see it. She changes. Mm. Like she's this warrior that I'm like, Woo, where were you? <laughs> it's amazing. And I see that in a lot of my friends that they become mother as well. The personality change, this, this warrior side of them comes out that I never seen. And it's amazing. I think, and actually it's one of the elements that why I would love to be a mother one day, that I would like to experience that change in me, that Someone else is so important that I can, I am, I'm, I, I'm becoming this uh, lioness for them, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very beautiful to see that in a woman. Uh, your second question, I think everything is about your inner world, how you see world. It's not what's outside; it's what's inside. And if you see beauty in people, it's because you have a beautiful world inside you, and more important. In more importantly, you are in peace with yourself. When you're not in peace with yourself, then you see the world in an ugly way because you question everything. Um, uh, I believe that's what's in, whenever you fix things inside you, the outer world will be fixed. Great. And Dr. Jonathan, would you like to touch on that aspect of it as to when you're looking at everyone on the outside and saying that, you know, there's the problem right there. You know, why can't that person behave in a manner that I'm comfortable with? Why can't they live their life the way I want them to live their life? So uh, we've all dealt with it. And to some degree, we've all been there. So, Dr. Jonathan, what, what, what can you share with us from, from your understanding as a doctor as, and also as a shaman? What I have learned and witnessed in myself, uh, even in the therapy I develop, it is through how I have evolved and how I have found the answers inside of me and how I have faced my different layers. So saying this what i mean is what you see in the other you cannot see in the other something that you don't know you only can see what you know so when what you see is what you already know you have inside so when something is happening to you when you saw someone and you like it or not like it you're just projecting yourself so Yes, May, yes. Very, very few people in the world, very few people can see reality as it is. Especially, so the most they can do is the kids, you know? But then they're losing this when they are building the personality. So we project all the time. So once you learn this through, so I project the most beautiful thing in everyone because I just connect with the beauty inside of me and I have faces all the shadows of me. So in my case, in this moment, I don't criticize no one and I don't judge no one. And I always see the beauty and I always connect the beauty. If in a moment I connect with the neg negative part of the person, I realize what I'm doing. I'm connected with a negative part of myself or with a trauma myself. And if, when, you, when you heal it, you can go out from there, recognize it and say, no, I'm going to pay attention to the positive. 
of the beauty that this person has because yes. I'm connecting with the beauty that I recognize in me. So yes. everything that I see in the other, it is me. When I speak, when you hear someone speaking about someone else, it is speaking about themselves. Okay, that's wonderful. And I totally 100% agree with that because the key here to life <laughs> is that you are projecting. So once again, for our listeners, um, you know, in life, you have to recognize the fact that the other is not really the other. The other is an aspect of yourself. Okay. In the Mayan tradition, in the in the Mayan tradition, they were the I don't know remember the word now, but when they say hi, good morning, good afternoon, when they found each other in the community, they would say hi, other me. Nice. Hi, other nice. me. <laughs> That is beautiful. Now I'm going to jump, uh, which is, uh, uh, you know, you may or may not be familiar with what they call the platonic love. Now, to explain that a little bit, because I thought, you know, this is an interesting uh, concept. The platonic love is a special emotional and spiritual relationship between two people who love and admire one another because of common interests, spiritual connection, and similar worldviews. It does not involve any sort of a sexual involvement. What can you share with us about platonic relationships and did they exist back in the day, Dr. Jonathan? Uh, I, I, it's very difficult to like, for me it's very difficult to understand this concept. Like, I just love and I admire people, many people in my life, there are masters in my life. The most people that I admire are my masters, beginning from my grandma and then going, one, for example, platonic love, we can say this has nothing to do as a spiritual. It could be Paramahansa Yogananda. It could be, for me, also like masters that teach about love and share and teach you how to develop your love. In you so for me is that so then i have nothing more complicated i keep it simple in this case and so you do believe that there is this thing called platonic love there is this concept that exists as i don't far exactly as you... i i don't know exactly so I, i'm 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 sorry this i don't know exactly if i'm accurate with the concept I, 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 maybe I struggle a little bit to understand this concept. I just find that love is love and you can love and you can admire many people that can be a good example for you in your life. So I love every, I love everyone, but I love the most and I pay attention to the people that helps me, uh, give me a good, a good mirroring how I can develop more in my life, how I can grow more, how can I love more, to serve more to be more intelligent, to be more healthy with my body. So if that is platonic love, yes, I have, uh, I believe it exists, no? So I, I can have. If not, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I don't understand the concept. <laughs> no, no problem. And uh, Matilda, do you have anything to offer in yeah. regard to that? Yes. Actually, um, I'm fascinated by Rumi. And Rumi and Shamsa Tabrizi had this amazing relationship together. And if you, I mean, I'm, I've been reading Rumi since age of 12, so I can talk about Rumi and Sufism for hours and hours. But what's so beautiful about it, till 19th century, Western world didn't know about Sufism that much, and they thought Rumi and Shams were lovers. But after 19th century, when they became more familiar with Sufism, they realized their love was so beautiful. They appreciate each other as humans, not as gender, not as sexuality, as a one, as a unit. And it was so beautiful. And if you read 4D Rules of Shams, they touch upon love and they say, love is love. We shouldn't put borders. We shouldn't put names in it because once you feel you're connected to another being so much that their pain becomes your pain, their joy becomes your joy. The unity is so much more um, powerful and so beautiful and so inspiring 
that sexuality and romance doesn't even have any level there. It's so much above than uh, that. So I truly believe it. And I think you can connect with another human being, strangers sometimes. You can develop that connection that, um, yeah, that connection with other people. You have to be open to it, open to the concept that another human being can come and just change your life change your the way you think and change your how your heart looks at life you know mm -hmm. so i'm looking yeah. for my shams and i'm thinking maybe my grandma is my shams i don't know i'm still i think i will come to that conclusion to, uh, towards the end of my life so I would say, oh, my grandma was, or whoever that I think will be my shams. But I'm actively looking. And I hope one day I either it's my grandma or I will meet that human being that will change my life, change the way I look, makes me crazy and uh, experience life in a different way, with a different energy level, you know? And again, just uh, for the listening audience, you know, a platonic love could be someone who dances with you psychologically. And so you might start a question or a uh, statement, but without spoken words, the other understands. And it could be two females, it could be two males, it could be male-female, it could be a child and an adult. So there's many layers of of that so that's that is beautiful i wanted to really touch on that because i think this is the time for a lot of platonic love now we're coming very close to the end of our one hour which you know we're eight minutes away here i want to get your take on and i will start this how can you make your relationships better and so for me, I will say, express gratitude. The more grateful you are for the relationships that you have, the more relationships that you will have in your life that will flow with you. Matilda? I would say, see the beauty in other human beings. They all have some sort of gold inside them. Maybe you can help them to find the gold in them and polish them and so they can shine. Um, I strongly believe any human being, even someone that kills another human being, I don't know, the worst possible human that you can think of, they have a gold inside them. They just didn't find that gold. They never even polished that gold. And so it's hidden somewhere. So, Look, whoever you meet in life, look at their beauty. And once you find it, you will see that everyone's beautiful. Any human being is beautiful and they can teach you. Everyone can teach you something. So and enjoy humans. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Enjoy your relationships. And, and Dr. Jonathan? This is uh, three things that are very important. The role you're playing in the relationship and the role the other one is playing uh, means hierarchy. What authority? Recognizing respect the authority. The second, it is what makes us belong together. What add us, what makes us that we belong as a couple, as a friends, as a co-worker. So what is this thing that connects us? Because if that doesn't exist, there is no relationship. And the third one is the balance between giving and taking. Because and every, taking. every relationship, it is, it is a debt. Every time you do something for someone, you create a debt. And if this other person doesn't pay it by doing a service or with the agreement of the relationship, the relationship breaks. So all the relationship breaks because they cannot afford to pay the debt they have. So my advice is do not create debt to people that doesn't want to pay you back. So don't give your love to someone that doesn't want to share the love with you. 
So be respectful with yourself, with your heart, and of course with the other, because sometimes people manipulate and do things for people in order to create these steps, and then they manipulate people, manipulate people. All this love I did for you, all these years of working with this, doing this, doing that, da 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 da, and at the end it was only manipulation. So it doesn't work. So and now it's not working. And now you're going to left me. Yeah. <laughs> you are bad person. Yeah. Bad person? No, bad person. You manipulating and creating depth. Okay, so thank you do that. for that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much for that. So as we come to a close here, the takeaway here is that this is episode one of relationships. The three of us will continue this conversation on another day. I'd like to leave you with a couple of things. Relationships require for you to be vulnerable. You have to be in a place of vulnerability in order to completely understand the relationships that you're in. And as life goes on, expectations of individuals change because of the perception and the experience of life for them is changing. So as expectations change, as people grow, as people get more depth, relationships will certainly have a new depth. The last thing I'd like to leave you with today is, of course, as we've indicated here, fires of relationships. And why, why did we say fires of relationships? A good fire, like a relationship, needs spaces to breathe. Otherwise, it'll choke itself out. So a part of a part of relationship is to give space to one another. So with that, I would like uh, for uh, Matilda, any last words? You have one minute. Um, I would say if you have any if you're lucky enough to still have grandparents, go talk to them, try to connect with them. If you haven't have a very good connection with them, learn from them, learn from, they will give you beautiful life lessons, life lessons that you will keep it later and you will use it later on in life. They are more important, you can learn from them more than you can learn from books or from a professor in a university. They teach you the real stuff. Beautiful. And of course, again, Matilda is from Coffee with Matilda. Where can they find you? Uh, Coffee with Matilda at gmail.com or that's my um, Instagram is Coffee with Matilda and my um, Matilda Tavanian, my Facebook. Lovely. And uh, Dr. Jonathan, any last words from you for the audience? We have one minute. Uh, I work with fire every in my ceremonies and I have to work uh, in each ceremony 10 hours taking care of a fire. And uh, space, it, 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 it depends on the moment. Because yes. if you give too much space, then your fire can go out, can go off. So it's not, it's not a, it's about building and recognizing the power. So fire is the energy that is that is being created by the combustion of, a, of 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 the material that you put there. So you do a service, you do a movement, and it poof. You do a movement, and it poof. So the balance between the movement. So it's the balance between let the fire breathe. I will say let the fire express and be aware when the fire is needing your support in order to continue uh, being on. Okay, and where can they find you? You got 10 seconds. Where can they find you if they needed to tune in? Ancestral Medicine for Modern Times. Also, that's my podcast, and you can find it all in, in everywhere. And also my Instagram, at, j, at dr j flores uh, is my Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Solyndra Buller, your host of Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener with real stories and expert advice. Until next time, have a wonderful day.
Thank you.